0: Welcome to Bad Ideas About Writing, the podcast version of the open-access textbook. You want to guess what it's called? (laughs) The, The textbook is also called Bad Ideas About Writing, which is edited by Cheryl Ball and Drew Lowy. I'm Kyle Stedman from Rockford University. I'm a fan of the book, so I'm taking advantage of its Creative Commons license to read it out loud and distribute it to you for free. This is episode eight. Oh my goodness, episode eight already. Here's today's bad idea about writing. Reading and writing are not connected. It's by Ellen C. Carrillo. That's right, the second episode in a row by the same author. Exciting. Let's dive in. Since the 1950s, we have been hearing that Johnny can't read. In 1975, Newsweek informed us that Johnny can't write either. Over the years, a range of reasons for Johnny's illiteracy have been offered. Most recently, technology has been named one of the culprits. Johnny spends too much time on the computer and not enough time reading books. He spends so much time texting and tweeting that he has forgotten how to write correctly, how to spell, how to develop ideas in more than 140 characters. Public outcries about literacy, or lack thereof, often lead to a closer look at the education system. The public raises questions surrounding why colleges and universities in particular, where Johnny would be expected to gain in-depth and comprehensive literacy skills, are not doing a better job. What is often neglected in these public debates about the best way to teach literacy at the college level is that reading and writing are connected practices and, as such, the best way to teach them is together. It is a bad idea to continue privileging writing at the expense of reading. This problematic separation of the connected practices of reading and writing is no longer an issue in students' early schooling, where they are taught reading and writing simultaneously. Although it took decades for elementary school teachers and curricula developers to realize that young children need not learn how to read before they learned how to write, language arts instructors now teach reading and writing alongside each other. They do so because research has shown that students learn to read and write better when they are instructed in both simultaneously. This research, for example, shows that students' phonics skills are reinforced when children practice both reading and writing the same words. As they get a little older, students begin to develop an awareness of genres, or types of text, which, like the study of phonics, is also further reinforced by a concurrent focus on reading and writing. As students read, or are read to, they learn to recognize typical elements of fiction, which they then imitate in their own writing and stories. Even a two-year-old who has been read to consistently will recognize that once upon a time indicates the beginning of a story and will often begin that same way when asked to make up his or her own. By the time students arrive in college, stories beginning with once upon a time are long gone and in their place are difficult and dense texts, often multimedia texts, from a range of fields, each with its own set of conventions. Instead of drawing on models of early literacy education that focus on teaching reading and writing simultaneously, colleges and universities largely privilege writing over reading. This hierarchy is evidenced by the universal first-year writing requirement in American colleges and universities, as well as by writing across the curriculum programs. The integrated approach to teaching reading and writing falls away to students' peril and causes great frustration in the professors who often attribute students' struggles in their courses to poor writing ability, when these problems are often related to students' reading difficulties. While students' eyes may make their way over every word, that does not mean that students have comprehended a text or that they are prepared to successfully complete the writing tasks associated with the reading, which often involves summary, analysis, interpretation, and evaluation. More importantly, If students are not given the opportunity to continue working on their reading throughout their college careers, they may struggle analyzing, interpreting, and evaluating all that surrounds them, since comprehension is a crucial step toward these more advanced interpretive practices. Students may lack the ability to read the world around them because they do not have the tools to recognize the values and assumptions that inform the images, advertisements, news stories, political campaigns, and ideas with which they come into contact on a daily basis. By not focusing on reading as an equally creative and active enterprise as writing, very much writing's counterpart in the creation of meaning, colleges and universities are potentially producing students or citizens who think reading is is passive these students might blindly accept whatever comes their way rather than actively engaging ideas asking questions and seeking out multiple perspectives although writing is more often thought of as a creative act reading is just as creative when one writes one is creating meaning by putting words and ideas together when one reads the same thing is happening Although someone else has already put the words and ideas together, the reader interacts with those and creates meaning by bringing her perspective, personal experiences, and background to what literary scholar Louise Rosenblatt has called the transaction between the text and reader. This is why a few people might read the same novel, but each takes something different from it. That personal transaction with the text has affected how each reader creates meaning. When reading and writing are taught alongside each other in the college-level classroom, students can gain practice experiencing and relishing in opportunities to create meaning, not just through writing, but through reading everything from print texts to art to websites to national news events, all of which they will continue to engage beyond school. Focusing on active reading approaches, including everything from comprehension strategies to ways of determining something's inherent values and biases to productive methods of responding, is crucial if students are going to leave post-secondary institutions prepared to be informed, aware, and engaged citizens. Unfortunately, there is still a great deal of work to be done. Since recent studies, such as the Citation Project, a multi-institutional and empirical research project, show that students' reading abilities are largely underdeveloped. This research seeks to understand how students read sources and use them in their writing. With less than 10% of students using summary in their writing, as opposed to paraphrasing, copying, and citing, Scholar Rebecca Moore Howard and her colleagues noted that their findings raise questions about students' abilities to understand what they are reading. Recent studies from education testing services have corroborated these findings, as did findings from studies conducted by ACT Inc. and the Pew Charitable Trust, which found that close to half of the college students in their samples did not meet minimum benchmarks for literacy or lacked reading proficiency. These deficiencies are major problems, particularly in this digital age, for, as literacy scholar Donna Liu and his colleagues have pointed out, foundational literacies, such as reading and writing print text, will continue to play a crucial role, and maybe even a more essential role, in this digital age because of the proliferation of information. Because there is so much at stake, educators and the public must keep the connections between reading and writing in mind as we continue to engage in debates about the best practices for teaching literacy. The value of literacy undoubtedly extends far beyond school. To read and to write is to create, to interpret. If education is, in fact, a means to preparing citizens to function and participate within a democracy, then reading and writing, and the interpretive skills they inculcate, are crucial. As research has shown, teaching them alongside each other reinforces both skills. Even if we want to be a bit cynical and argue that post-secondary education has become nothing more than a necessary but burdensome step to gaining employment, both reading and writing are still just as important. A 2011 survey found that 86% of corporate recruiters said strong communication skills were a priority, well ahead of the next skill. In a 2013 survey of 318 employers published by the Association of American Colleges and Universities, 80% of employers said that colleges should focus more on written and oral communication. In these and similar studies, communication is defined by reading and writing abilities. Employers want to hire people who can communicate effectively, and despite our culture's recent celebration of all things STEM, many employers continue to vocalize the importance of effective communication skills. Teaching reading and writing together will help students become more proficient in both. Developing those communication skills means that those of us within education should look at the curricula we teach and or administer and ask ourselves if we have fallen into the trap of compartmentalizing reading and writing to the detriment of our students. If we have, we must ask ourselves, how might we better integrate attention to both reading and writing in order to enrich the literacy education we are providing? We must not assume that simply exposing students to texts of all kinds and across all media will automatically result in comprehension. Instructors must deliberately teach students how to actively read the words and images and, by extension, the world around them. Instructors must do so not only so students can succeed in their courses, but so that students can be prepared to actively engage in the complex interpretive work that is expected of citizens in an information-rich culture. We are all encountering more text and visual images than ever before. There's a great deal at stake if we don't take the opportunity to teach active reading alongside writing. Instructors need to teach students different strategies for reading the complex text they will encounter throughout their academic careers and in the world. One of these strategies might be rhetorical reading, wherein readers pay particular attention to how a text is working on them, persuading them. A better understanding of this as a reader can also support students' writing as they develop their own arguments. Instructors might also provide a strategy such as reading like a writer, wherein readers notice the choices a writer has made and understands the relevance of those choices to their own writing. Without explicit attention to reading and the relationship between reading and writing, students will not have strategies for making sense of new or difficult texts, arguments, images, and ideas they encounter. Denying students the richness of an education that considers reading and writing alongside each other means denying them the opportunity to become as proficient as possible in these connected practices and, therefore, experience and practice the interpretive work that is specifically human. Further reading. For the media's contemporary coverage of the ongoing literacy crisis, see Sophia Weston's social media eroding skills the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Bloomberg News Report, U.S. teens report decline in writing skills, and Michael Rosenwald's serious reading takes a hit from online scanning and skimming, the Washington Post. For historical coverage of this phenomenon, see Rudolf Fleisch's Why Can't Johnny Read? and Merrill Shields' Why Johnny Can't Write, Newsweek. For contemporary scholarly approaches that emphasize the importance of simultaneous instruction in reading and writing, particularly at the post-secondary level, See Robert Schulz's The Transition to College Reading, Linda Adler-Kastner and Heidi Estrom's Reading Practices in the Writing Classroom, Alice S. Horning and Elizabeth Kramer's Reconnecting Reading and Writing, David Joliff's Learning to Read as Continuing Education, David Joliff and Allison Harrell's Studying the Reading Transition from High School to College, What Are Our Students' Reading and Why, and Mike Bunn's Motivation and Connection, Teaching, Reading, and Writing in the Composition Classroom. Keywords. Literacy acquisition. Literacy. New literacies. Reading pedagogies. Reading wars. Reading-writing connections. You just heard the bad idea about writing. Reading and writing are not connected by Ellen C. Kerbelow. If you heard last week's episode, which was also by Carrillo, you heard me give a different bio than I'm about to read. That's because in the original 2017 book, Carrillo published two slightly different bios to emphasize different parts of her scholarly expertise. She also sent me an updated version, so I'm similarly splitting the bios but with an updated, more correct 2020 version. Just roll with me. Ellen C. Carrillo is professor of English at the University of Connecticut and the writing program administrator at its Waterbury campus. She is the author of Securing a Place for Reading and Composition, The Importance of Teaching for Transfer, Teaching Readers in Post-Truth America, A Writer's Guide to Mindful Reading, The MLA Guide to Digital Literacy, and the editor of Reading Critically, Writing Well. Ellen has earned grants to conduct research on reading-writing connections in the classroom and regularly presents her findings and scholarship at national conferences. She's also a founding member and co-leader of the Role of Reading and Composition Studies Special Interest Group, which meets at the Conference on College Composition and Communications annual convention. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. podcast version of bad ideas about writing is produced and narrated by me and it's hosted at anchor.fm you can find it anywhere you like to get your podcasts the theme music is parade by nocturnum check them out at the free music archive the open access textbook bad ideas about writing was first published in 2017 by the west virginia university libraries and digital publishing institute and it's available online at their website for free that's where you should go if you'd like to read a print version of this chapter both the podcast and the book are published under a Creative Commons attribution license, which, which means that you can freely distribute and remix both of them as long as you attribute the authors. Thanks to Cheryl Ball and Drew Lowy and to all the authors in this awesome collection. I'm Kyle Stedman. I'm on Twitter at KStedman, and I live in Rockford, Illinois, where I swear a tree that was green yesterday is starting to show like kind of halfway reddishness stuff. Is that coming? Is it fall already? Do I smell pumpkin in the air? This is wild. Okay, thanks for listening.